Real quick, if you can think about how you found this podcast, somebody probably shared it with you via text or they posted it on Instagram. The only way the blueprint grows is through word of mouth. I don't run paid ads. I don't do sponsorships. My only ask is that you continue to pay it forward. So however you found this podcast, please do the same. If it was a review, a post, just do that. It would mean the world to me, and I am positive it will make an impact on the lives of others. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. When I grew up and when I was coaching, I told my athletes never to bend over when you were tired. My high school coaches told me that as a strength coach, I thought that was the best thing. Stand tall, grit your teeth, show no weakness when you're tired. We've all been told that showing weakness or bending over when you're gassed is just unacceptable. Well, if you or I were paying attention, we would have noticed that Michael Jordan modeled something very different, which we're about to talk about. I've got elite strength coach Jim Laird here today to reveal why that advice is totally wrong. Jim has trained everyone from kids to busy parents to pro athletes using his train smarter, not harder philosophy. He'll explain why low intensity training builds capacity and how improving efficiency allows you to harness intensity only when it's needed. I absolutely loved this conversation and the two that are gonna follow it. You're going to learn how to stop fighting your body and how to start working with it. So let's get right to my conversation with Jim. Let's lean in and learn from the best. Jim, you and I were catching up prior to the show and I totally pivoted the first question I wanted to ask you. (laughs) We were both guilty of doing a cardinal sin that we now know is a cardinal sin, but when we were coaching athletes, We'd have them do whatever conditioning it was. And when it got really hard, we'd always tell them, you know, stand up tall, don't show weakness. Now we know that that is the wrong thing to do. Can you explain why this was a major mistake on both of our parts? We all learn, right? Yeah. I mean, the coaches are like, you don't want to show the other team you're weak. Michael Jordan had it right. Hands on the thighs, rounded over slightly. That gets the the rib cage. And I learned this from Bill Hartman. I fast and I learned this from my powerlifting career being extended and stuck in an overbreathing state, not being able to relax. When that pelvic floor and that diaphragm, that rib cage is not lined up, you're basically stuck in the scissor position. You just don't breathe as well because the diaphragm can't do what it's supposed to do. So if you get a little bit of flexion and you get over, it's going to help you breathe more efficiently. It's going to help you breathe slower, slow your breathing down, which is actually going to bring your heart rate down a lot further. If you're up like this, especially a lot of our basketball track athletes who are already really extended, they stand up and they're doing the J-Lo, they're arching. They're not going to be able to get their breathing down as fast. And so they're not going to be able to recover as quickly. I mean, Michael Jordan had it right long before. I, I don't know how many people tried to tell him that we told our athletes, but that's one of the biggest mistakes I made. And I figured that out. I was like, oh man, I've been telling these kids to stand up tall, show you that you're tough. And I was wrong. It kind of brings into light what is toughness. And I think the point we were trying to get across was even in pain and suffering to stay composed. I think that was the hidden message. Sure. The physiology of bending over and allowing. That's why it's the natural thing that we do. We are naturally just like people run a 400. What do they do? Boom. (laughs) They're bent over. Yeah. Hands on knees. Recover. So how do you get the mental component of, I'm not going to say toughness, but being more resilient and being like, okay, I'm in control of myself. I know where I'm aware and I'm focused. 
but I'm going to execute this in a deliberate way. I think that comes from building low-level GPP performance. I think that comes from doing more things at a lower level. I think that comes from improving technique. You know, when I work with wrestlers, a lot of times it's, it's teaching them how to be more efficient so they don't use as much energy. And then when they do have that window to take advantage and to go in for the kill, so to speak, they have it. Whereas teaching guys to like, it's all about effort. It's all about effort and effort is great. But effort without technique is really just a waste of energy. So it's a combination of raising physical preparedness, doing low-level manual activity, improving efficiency. I mean, most of the MMA guys I've worked with, the wrestlers, even the track guys, a lot of it was about improving their ability to do what they're doing more efficiently and getting them moving better so that they don't use as much energy when they're actually doing their activities. So a lot of that toughness comes from teaching self-care and then getting them to buy into like, if I'm in a better place, if I'm sleeping, if I'm in a good place, I'm going to have the ability to reach down deep to places that other guys are not going to because a lot of these guys are beating themselves so much going into competition that when things get really tough, they just don't have the reserves to push because they've been doing that in their training too much. It's always going to be that guy, that, that outlier that's going to be able to do really crazy things. But the vast majority of people, if you get them prepared, if you improve their efficiency, if you get them to the point where they have great work capacity, they're going to be able to do some things that a lot of people just can't do. Yeah, I love the word capacity there. It's something I talk about a lot, adaptive capacity. But in the general sense, from a general population perspective, not just for elite athletes or college or high school athletes. Sure. But if you have a general base of fitness, yes. physical and mental fitness, Life itself doesn't cost you as much, just the That's daily correct. ins and outs of life. And then when you need to dig deep and you need to come up with that extra something, it's there. Because why? You have reserves. But right. if you're always running on empty, if you're always got the gas pedal down, you have nothing to pull from. Yeah, you've got to have extremes. You've got to have extremes in movement. You've got to have extremes in blood pressure. You've got to have extremes in blood pressure. The difference is, is when you get stuck on one side or the other, right? High blood pressure is great if you're running from a bear. It's not so great if you're trying to go to sleep. Getting stuck in a state of high blood pressure is bad, right? So I think the biggest problem is our modern world has taken us away from everyday manual labor, which even 40 years ago, most people worked outside. They walked a lot more. They did manual labor. A lot of people were still working on their own houses. They were mowing their grass. They had this general base of preparedness. They spent a lot more time outside. So guess what? That low-level activity allows them to handle a lot more stress, right? And so our modern world has pulled us indoors. We don't get out in the sun. We don't have our circadian rhythms in order. We aren't doing low-level manual labor, which is very therapeutic, not only to the brain, but just our physiology in general. And then all of a sudden, they try to go to a hit class three times a week, and they wonder why they gas out and feel like garbage, right? Such good wisdom, man. Oh, I love this. I want to pause for a second to tell you about a podcast that I found that I love. Well, actually, the podcast found me. It's called The Dad, The Man Podcast, hosted by Brendan Wall. Now, Brendan had me on his show. And as I was preparing to go on the show, I started looking at the roster of amazing dads he's had on his show, like Neil Patel, John Gordon, John Eldridge, Rich Fronick. The list is insane. He even had Jordan Spieth on the show. And Brendan and I have become quick friends, and I just wanted to share this with y'all because if there's any dads out there looking to level up your game, 
This is definitely a show you need to check out. I put the link in the show notes. There's a reason why Rich Froning won all those CrossFit games, and it's because he trained a lot at a moderate intensity and built his capacity up, and he only went to the well of going all out at competition. And he did that deliberately and on purpose, and he increased his efficiency because most of his training was at a moderate tempo, but he trained a lot. He spread his intensity out over the day, and that's what allowed him do to go deep into the well in competition, but he wasn't wasting that in his training, right? Mm-hmm. So he was very deliberate. He was very smart. George St. Pierre was another guy, an MMA guy, who was very deliberate with his technique and the studying his opponents, and he won a lot of times with efficiency. Yeah, if you even look at the world-class cross-country skiers, most of their training volume is low intensity, and then only a little bit, about 20%, is I know Mark McLaughlin, who I need to get yes. on the show. I love He Mark. was one of the first people to point this out to me, and he was like, Eric, go look at all the training literature with elite endurance athletes, the best of the best. Everybody wants to over-index on hard, 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 hard. You got to build a massive amount Base. of capacity right. and then the lactic stuff is easy yeah what people don't realize well, is when you do the aerobic capacity work is you're changing morphological mm-hmm. structure correct well you look at children look at the hours we i think we're about the same age and the hours we spent outside playing riding bikes playing from sun up to sundown I did manual labor growing up. When I went to football two-a-days, it was a joke. It was an absolute party. You know, when you're bailing hay on a farm and carrying buckets around all day, and then you go to football practice, it's like a vacation, right? And so the kids today, they don't have the hours of playing, the hours of climbing fences. And then they're trying to throw in. Mark McLaughlin was the one that really turned me on to that in the mid-2000s when I talked to him. And he's like, I've got these kids with 100 resting heart rate because all they're doing is being coached. They aren't getting enough low-level activity. He's like, I get that heart rate down first. I get that level of preparedness back up. When I work with like a soccer team, our first two months of training is nothing but like ground-based warm-ups, some light sled pushes, some carries, some bear crawls. And guess what? Their fitness level goes up because the base of their pyramid is horrible. Mm. Because guess what? They're always being coached. They're not, you're not ever doing any low-level activity. Gymnasts are the same way. You look at Chris Summers and his gymnastics bodies. He'll say like, 85% of the training, the walking on the hands, the bear crawls, the rope climbs are to prepare you for the 10 to 15% of intensity. If gymnasts only tumbled, there'd be no gymnasts. I mean, there'd be a few that would survive, but you have to do the low level work in order to get the success of the intensity. And Joel Jameson is another guy eight weeks out. I don't know if you've had him on, but he'd be a great guest for you. He talks about that as well. Like you have to have that aerobic engine When you have a big aerobic engine, you can throw intensity in from time to time and get incredible results. But everybody's like kids would come to me when they're 10 and 12 and the parents are like, why are they so gassed? We've been doing all these intervals and these kids just don't have any capacity. And we just start doing some easy circuits and the parents are like, well, how come my kids aren't sweating and vomiting when they leave? And I'm like, because that's not what they need. And then I said, just give it a month. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh man. And we talked to them about nutrition. We talked to them about sleep. And all of a sudden the kids are running circles around all the other kids. And they're like, how did you do that? And I said, I just gave them an aerobic base because they had none. And if your RPM is always running it, like if you have a car engine and it redlines at eight and you're always running at five or six, you have nowhere to go. But if I bring it down to like 1,100, 1,000 idle, 
And then all of a sudden you've got that whole power band to go back and forth. But most people just, they get so one dimensional in their training that they lose the ability to get, have that variability of intensity. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if today's show impacted you, would you please share it with someone else? Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode.